0: And welcome to David and Jeff's Survivor Podcast. I'm David, and with me as always is...
1: Jeff!
0: How are you doing today, Jeff?
1: Oh, David, I am just so wonderful today.
0: Now, don't lie. You said you're sick.
1: <laughs> I'm very sick, actually. I've been sick for almost a whole week.
0: So, so you you could be doing better.
1: I could be doing better. There's there is a world in which I could be doing better.
0: But at least you find joy in spite of your sickness.
1: Uh, I, I, I persist, David, yeah. somehow.
0: Way to go. And uh, I, I'm still liking
1: this season of Survivor. I thought it was a good episode again. Oh, yeah. I think it's great. Like, it's even when they have a fairly mundane boot, I think that they still do a really good job with it. So,
0: yeah. And we're going to be talking with uh, a recurring guest on our podcast, Clayton Spivey. He's a good
1: friend of ours. He's going to be back
0: on to discuss the latest episode. And we're actually going to break it down and talk about each person still left in the game and what our thoughts uh, are about them and where we think they'll go long-term. So uh, it should be should be a good time. But before we get to that, we are going to do our highs and lows for the week.
1: Uh, so yeah, the high-lows for this week. David, for your high, you picked Aris, whereas I picked Tyson. Yes. Uh, we both got two points, because neither of them were voted out, and they both won the challenge. Uh, however... Neither of them got three confessionals, which actually surprised me, Yeah, but neither of them got three confessionals. For the lows, Laura B. was your pick, Katie was mine. Obviously, you get a point for Laura B. getting voted out, um, and I did not get a point for Katie because Katie wasn't voted out. Um, For the challenge, they both lost, so obviously we both get a point there. And then for uh, confessionals... I get one because Katie only got one professional. Laura P., however, had four. So we both got two points for our lows as well. That makes the total 4-4 four, four for the week. And for the overall, David, you have 21 points. I have 18. All right. I'm still uh, in a good position. I like this. So, David, you get to pick first for the high. I am actually
0: going to choose Vetus. I'm think... going to stick
1: with Tyson. I think he's a good pick.
0: He, he is a good pick as well. And I could see him. I think there's a slight chance he turns into the Corinne this season.
1: Really? I, I hope not. I I
0: really want to see Tyson go a long way. But there's a small chance of that happening.
1: What about, uh, oh, I get to pick first for low. For my low pick, I'm going to pick uh, Caleb. I think he's the next to loaded out. And I think that he will um, not do well in the merge. So I'm going to so blend it in the
0: background. And, uh... Now that we are merging, we're changing it to high, they win the immunity challenge, low they don't, correct?
1: Correct.
0: Yeah. So um, my low is going to be Katie. I think she's not going to get very much confessionals. There's too many other big characters. Uh, She isn't going to win the challenge. I don't think she's going to be voted out, but I'm going two out of three. So there are our picks. We will find out who is getting points and who is not next week. But I think it's time to talk to Clayton, Jeff, and bring him on.
2: Absolutely, David. Let's get it going.
0: All right, here we go. All right, well, we have Clayton Spivey back on the podcast with us. How are you doing today, Clayton?
3: Uh, Good, you guys? Doing well. Just Uh, fine and handy.
0: Glad to have you back. Uh, There's sort of a uh, you, and now that you are back on this season, you and Stephanie are tied for the second most... Uh, guest appearances on the podcast.
3: Oh, awesome, And Jeff and Stephanie are like the same person, so... Uh,
0: very true, very true. So, uh, you know, you come on one more time this season, you'll beat her. We'll see, we'll see what happens. But uh, how are you liking this season so far, Clayton?
3: I love it. Um, this This concept, a lot of people were hating on it in the beginning, but... It was actually in my uh, dream list of concepts back when Heroes vs. Villains started. I had thought of it and said, ooh, that'd be really cool if Survivors played with their family members. Because, you know, Heroes vs. Villains was sort of, you know, starting to jump the shark a little bit concept-wise. So I thought that would be a cool concept, and then they finally did it. So I was really excited from the get-go.
0: Yeah, I I was very skeptical going in, but I I think it's proved all of the skeptics wrong and it's yes. a really solid season so far. And it also proves that you don't necessarily need a hidden immunity idol to have a good season.
3: No, I love that. That's that's a hidden gem of this season too. No no idols yet.
0: But uh what we're going to do uh in this podcast, we're going to break down everyone who's still in the game, talk about them, Uh, standout moments from this uh, season or episode and how we think they're going to do moving on in the future now that the uh, previews have shown that next week they will be merging. So uh, let's start it off with uh, someone who's gotten a lot of uh, attention the whole season, but especially these past two episodes, Vetus. What are your thoughts on Vetus, Clayton?
3: I'm obviously spoiler-free, but I think Vetus wins the game. Uh, Reason? I I think... His edit is glowing. It's just from the very first episode. I mean, he was my preseason pick, too, and from the very first episode, we get a lot, a lot of Vetus, even if it isn't even relevant to the storyline, and they make a point of showing everyone as they leave the game, at least if they're with Vetus, uh, talking about Vetus in a positive light, at least as of late. Like with Laura Bonham, they talked about that. Well, I don't think Laura's going to make the jury. I just think they are trying so hard to paint him as such a positive person when he could very easily steer the other direction if they didn't edit it in a certain way. Um, That I think that means something positive, and I think it means that he wins.
0: Yeah, they were... My only fear was this episode, they showed him almost too cocky and smug. I agree. um, Very arrogant. But the last time that happened was... Uh, where I really saw it was actually Kim Spradlin in one world. I was like, oh, she's getting really smug and arrogant, and then she s- still ends up controlling the whole game and winning. So I, I don't think that rules him out as, as a potential winner.
3: Mm-hmm. Just a little more complex.
0: But... Jeff, what do you think of Vetus? Um, I also really like Vetus.
3: I think that I-, I agree with Clayton. I think based on
2: the edits thus far, Vetus probably wins the game. I mean, he's just he's showing a lot of social savvy, and you know, how he's uh, dealing with all the situations that are going on. He's been on the bottom. He's been on the top. But still, like Clayton said, everyone still re- seems to respect him quite a bit. And uh, Clayton, Vetus was also my preseason pick, just Out for, uh, for fun facts. Um, although David picked Hayton. Uh, but I don't know. I, I, feel, I like Vetus a lot. I think they're doing a lot to make him likable. And I think, they, I, I think that it would... Be easy to make Vetus an unlikable character in contrast with his brother. If they they were to play up that golden boy versus junkie dichotomy, they could make it really bad for Vetus, but they chose not to, which to me means that he's giving something to the game that's going to be really good in the end for him.
0: Yeah, I think especially these past few episodes, they've been setting up ours to fail, and they've been setting up Vetus to make him look invincible. So. Yeah. It's, it's definitely interesting. I was almost rooting that they voted off Vetus this episode. I just thought it would be a lot smarter for gameplay, and I thought, wow, that would really shake it up, and I actually, I think that would have been more of a blindside than Laura B going home. <laughs> and especially when he was getting all uh, all cocky and smug, like they'd never get me out. They need uh, they need one alpha male for their, <laughs> their women to survive.
2: <laughs> uh, are you getting Chris Doherty vibes from him? Absolutely. Uh, I
1: totally...
0: Potentially, yeah. I mean, I don't think he's going to have the same underdog story. I I see it almost a little more like Kim Spradlin, where he's been solidly in a good position the entire game. I'd say it's a little different where he's not like the dominating, controlling everything as Kim was, but someone who I, I don't think he's ever been in danger, whereas Chris, you know, for a while there, he was in serious jeopardy. So maybe somewhere in between them but any other standout moments of, of Vetus this season? I think the most obvious scene that shows him as a winner is the one where
2: he's doing yoga up on the mountain. Yeah. And like that, and then the other really obvious scene that they're showing him in a positive light was in the first episode. David, we kind of talked about this, but uh, when he's talking to Sierra and Brad about kind of their life stories, that was a really
3: good character scene. For him. Well, I think any, I mean, this is part of why I love this season, is really Otis and Vetus because of just that that micro story of their relationship um that's why i think the concept is so great that we get to like the challenge where um they showed it was the the battering ram challenge i forget what that's called and they uh showed Vitas willing to you know take the cheap shot on Otis. and i think that's gonna uh the
0: audit versus uh Vetus story is gonna be a big post-merge thing yeah, here's my question. You guys both predicted it. he's probably your front runner to win the game. How do you think he gets there? We see a merge coming. There's a lot of people, especially on the other tribe, who are anti Aris and Vetus. How do you think he makes it to the end?
2: I think he goes with Tina, Monica, Katie, and Aris. Mm-hmm. And, uh, ex- I don't know. Like, obviously, that, those five aren't enough. To get the majority right away But if that, those five can get through two votes I think
3: that's enough to send him into the final five And then into the jury yeah. I, agree, I agree with Jeff that's, that's pretty much how I'm seeing it too Or since we're seeing the whole I think Tyson we'll get, I'll get into him a little more later See Tyson as taking out Otis Which uh, propels um, Vetus Into the finals to win Like they take out Otis at a certain juncture to yeah. release him from Otis.
0: But. Yeah, I see that as slightly more likely, just because right now I don't think even if that alliance happened, they have the numbers. They would have to grab whoever came back from Redemption Island, and I, I'm not convinced that that would happen. So I think I think actually more toward I lean towards Clayton's second way of they get they get rid of Aris, but Vetus is so likable he he gets back in with that group and and works his way in.
2: See, I think if John Cody were to come off Redemption Island, uh, he'd be more like willing to work with the group of uh, Vetus, Monica, and Katie, and Tina, and Aris, rather than uh, with Caleb and Sierra.
0: I don't know. If if Tyson and his group too. said, we'll get rid of Monica first, I think he'd be all down. I, I think his... <laughs> His main uh, nemesis at this point is is Monica. That's fair. Didn't uh, didn't Jervis
2: and Tyson and Aris all? Oh no, Aris
3: voted for Jervis. Who vote, who else voted for Candace at the uh, at the? Well, Honest voted for Jervis because he's best friends with Jervis in real life, so it was just sort of a throwaway vote, so he didn't hurt anybody.
0: Right. Um, all then... of the all of the women, I think, all voted for. Candice. It was Rupert. It was, I think it was all guys that voted for Laura, except for Candace at that first Here. vote. Let's move on to our next person. Let's uh, keep on this tribe and go with Tina Wesson. What are your thoughts on Tina, Jeff?
2: I think Tina's the second most likely person to win. I think that Tina is showing exactly why she won Survivor Australia, and I think she's earning a lot of respect from people who have underrated her throughout the years. I think Tina's doing just a really, really solid job of coming off as non-threatening even though she still has a family member in the game. And I think that's partially due to Katie realizing like, hey, I should come off as non-threatening myself because I don't think anyone sees Katie as a threat for anything. Um, And so I think Tina's going to be able to probably, Tina I think will be with, Tina and Katie will be the longest lasting couple in the game I think.
0: Now see, I have two sort of uh, theories on why Tina is keeping Vetus around. One of it is because she really has this tight alliance with Aris and they want the four of them to come together and become a a four core alliance. The other one is... Tina recognizes that she wants her and Katie to go as far as she can in the game. And since they are a pair, she needs a bigger pair to be a distraction or a shield. So everyone's going to be focused on getting them out instead of Tina and Katie. And I like that. I had not thought about that. And that's what I'm sort of thinking is the reason. Yeah, yeah, she, she probably has some sort of alliance with Aris and would like to keep him in the game and work with him. But I think may, more of it is... She knows if she eliminates that power couple, then who's the only power, power duo left? Her and Katie, so they're going to go right. after her. So I think that she's actually using our, uh, Vetus as a, a sort of shield to put the, the target on her him and Aris.
2: See, I, I agree with you, but I also think that the ideal final three in Tina's mind is probably Vetus, Aris, and her. That's <laughs> my
3: prediction, too
2: preseason. Uh, because if it's the final three of Vetus, Aris, Tina, one, you don't have any of the well, this person, like, the only person who didn't win on that panel is Vetus, but also, Aris and Vetus are likely to split the votes because and cause it's gonna all go to the same bank account anyway, probably. Well,
0: Sorry. not with brothers.
2: I, I know that, like, they're not obviously sharing the money, but I think that they probably would share the money, like, they don't have to, obviously. But I think that they probably would. And so I think Aris and Venus would split the vote. And Tina would probably still be able to pick up on like a 4-3-1 or something like that.
0: I actually think hers may be Aris, Tina, and Katie. I think, I don't think she's concerned about her daughter getting that many votes. I could be wrong. But I think she's like, yeah, look, we did it. We made it to the end. I, I We did it, daughter, and then clean up in the vote. Now, the only reason she would want to get her out is if, you know, so she would have an extra vote for her to win. Yeah. But I, I could see it go either way.
3: My thoughts on Tina are, I also had a similar opinion about, I mean, that was awesome when I was doing my preseason prediction lineup. I had Otis, Vetus, and Tina being the final three. And my theory on that is that I think, in Tina's mind, having Otis there neutralizes the anti-winner vote. Um, and... The whole, them splitting the vote thing. Because if you're pro and Vetus, then maybe you're going to vote for Tina as a, uh, as a, as a third. Sorry, but sorry. I don't think Tina has a chance that to happens. win. The reason I think that is because I think she is... I think she's in over her head. I think in Australia she played a g- great game and she deserved her win, and I don't underrate her at all. But I think the game, like, if you've seen some of her secret scenes, the game is truly moving way too fast for Tina. Um, and I don't think her mind has quite adjusted to how much the game has changed, especially when it comes to what the jury votes for in the end. Um, so I think Tina's going to make it very, very far, but I don't think, especially if she goes with Otis Vetus to the finals, she has a shot at winning.
0: Yeah, I, I, think that, I actually think Tina's best play is to go up against Katie and maybe Monica and like two, two people who they, the jury may not respect as much as Tina. And I think going up against whether you have both of them in there or not, I think is, is problematic. Because both of them, I think, have much more respect, especially Vitas as far as likability with the uh, with the other people than maybe Katie or Monaco or even a Sierra or something would. Well, we we talked about Tina. Let's talk about her uh, significant other. What do you think of Katie and how she's playing the game, Clayton? Katie,
3: um, I know a lot of people are down on really Katie and sort of Sierra, the girls of the original Tadhana. and I really don't have anything against them Uh, their game I think they did exactly what they should have done when they were in the minority uh, over on uh, the original Tatjana, which is sort of just keep your head low, have conversations, plant little seeds here and there, create doubt but not really play that hard and I think Katie... Really learned that maybe from her mother because I think she is smart like her mother, and I think Tina is very smart, and I'm not hating the game Katie's playing I mean it's not impressive by any means, but I think it is doing uh, doing its purpose right now
0: yeah, at one point, I thought, oh look, Katie's just now deferring everything to her mother, but at the same time, I don't really think Katie's even doing anything different now on this tribe that she was doing earlier. I think she's doing the exact same strategy which is just stay out of everyone's way and follow whatever people tell you to do.
3: I mean, she was the weaker, honestly, she was technically the weaker female over on Tana, Tana but that yeah, it seemed like they targeted Sierra before
0: her. Yeah, she seemed to have a lot more uh, likability, it seemed, with, with, the, uh, with everyone than even Sierra. I think uh, Caleb and Sierra are really close, but everyone else was sort of like, yeah, Katie, we like her. I mean, that's good. You know, you want to be likable so that if you don't have that strength, you can last longer. Jeff, your thoughts?
2: Yeah, I don't disagree with anything you guys have said. I think Katie's... uh, I think she's smart, but I don't think she's... uh, I don't think she's going to win. She's probably the least likely person in my mind to win right now. Uh, that's, That's just because I think that this cast is going to be a cast that respects... Uh, big gameplay, bold gameplay, as opposed to the cast who respects like voting for the person who made them the happiest. And I think that Katie would probably win in a different season, and she'd get a lot more screen time. But I don't think she's gonna win this season.
0: Yeah, I I agree. I think she has so, a very yeah. little little chance of winning. The only person who had a worse chance just got voted off. So I think so.
3: Yeah.
0: Let's uh let's finish up this drive and talk about some Monica. Um,
2: I think Monica. I, I really liked Monica in Survivor One World. I was probably in the minority on that one. Um, but I think Monica's playing a pretty solid game so far. I think her biggest flaw was probably going to Cat when uh Cat was you know confronted with or confronted Tina about getting rid of Monica. I think Monica should have just let that lie and voted off Cat without anyone knowing. Uh, but obviously that's I don't think it's gonna affect the game too much. I don't think. Monica's made a bad move. I just don't know that she's made any particularly incredible moves. But you know, a slow and steady, solid game of Survivor can win, and I think Monica definitely has a chance.
0: Yeah, I mean, she she definitely seems like a neutral player right now. She's not a mover shaker, but she's not. It's not like she's just a wallflower either. She is. She is in that alliance. She seems to be thinking everything through and trying to figure things out. But I don't think she she's quite a power player. And ultimately, I think it's just going to be whatever side of the numbers she's on is going to either lead her very far or get her eliminated a little sooner.
3: Monica, for me, is the biggest dark horse. There's something about her. Like I, did, I also liked her in One World. I was very disappointed when she left. Uh, but it seems like everything Monica says seems to be make- A lot of sense, at least. Like, she seems calm, cool, collected. She hasn't made any bad moves. She's sticking with her alliance. You know, I mean, it was the Cat versus her this last round. She won out of Matt, so that's a little mini victory for her. And that was, I guess, you could technically call that a move. um, Because Cat was worried about her, and she got Cat out instead. But you might credit that a little more to Tina. Yeah, no, I think... Monica knows what she's doing. She's very present. I think she's the most present female, maybe other than Tina. I think they are relatively close in screen time, but I think uh, Tina and Monica are the most present females, so I think that uh, bodes well for uh, Monica. I think she'll make it deep. I sort of see it around a five, or if for some reason they're focusing on the micro-storylines with the, the siblings and stuff, she could actually pull it out.
0: Yeah, if there's a lot of big downfalls, I she could very well easily make it to the end. If there, if we have this Aris clash and they both get taken out, and then we see you know the the little people band together and take out you know Tyson and Jervis. After that, I can see I can see a scenario where she wins. I I see it as it sort of needs to happen like. Uh, Pearl Islands, where like all the big power players just suddenly get out, and then there's a couple people left that uh, come together and and take it to the end. But I think it's definitely doable. All right, let's uh, switch over to the other tribe. Let's go with Caleb. Clayton. Beginning of the season, I um, like, oh, I like this guy, but I think he's close to Katie in unwinability. <laughs> Uh, I don't think he has a
3: chance. Just I don't think, I think his edit is too silent, and I don't think he's ever really been in that good of a position. I mean, I don't think he's been in a bad position, but I don't think he has or ever will be in a position to where he's going to make a necessary move that's going to win him the game. I just don't see it happening.
0: Yeah, it's really interesting with him because we had him... He was fairly invisible for the first you know, three, four episodes, and all of a sudden he had this big move. He takes Brad out. He's at the forefront of everything for about an episode and a half, and then he went right back to obscurity, and now we, we hardly see him again. So it's really interesting. I, I think it's good they at least have shown him some, so we've gotten to know him a little bit. But again, he doesn't seem... why he had that one big move, he doesn't seem like a power player at all to me, and I don't think he was ever in control of the game except for that one moment where he said, I'm going to flip the vote. <laughs>
2: yeah. Um, I, I, I agree with Clayton. I think I like Caleb, but the problem is, as always, is he's just not in the eye of the, uh, of the edit. At this, he's not in the eye of the edit at this point, which at, this is probably, I think, one of the most crucial points in the game, is right before and right during the merge. So I just don't see him going... I'd imagine
0: he's going to be out fairly soon. <laughs> Apparently this robot wants to keep talking.
2: <laughs> I can't turn it off. I don't know how. I'm sorry.
0: It's all right.
3: <laughs> I'm very popular today. Do <laughs> uh, you know on Caleb, I actually had another sort of thought of, of what I think is going to happen to Caleb. Is I think he's going to find himself in the minority alliance. And then the strongest person within the minority alliance is going to win immunity. And then that sort of just makes Caleb be, well, there's Caleb, and then they just oust him. It's really uneventful. He has sort of a boring boot, and he's just gone.
0: Very well could happen. Let's, uh, let's talk about Tyson then. He's sort of, uh, he's, he's been present for pretty much the whole season, but really is becoming more and more of a presence, especially after this switch. What are your thoughts on uh, Tyson, Jeff?
2: Tyson's probably the uh, uh, up there as well for people who could potentially win the season. Um, Tyson is just... He's playing a really smart, strategical game. He may be a little bit overt, but uh, I don't think that's going to hurt him too bad in the long run. I think he's got a solid alliance with just about everyone in the game, with the exception of Vetus. Uh, and so I think... I think under any scenario of what happens after the merge, Tyson makes it very cheap. Clayton?
3: Uh, for me, finally, we're getting to see Tyson actually be a villain. I think, I don't think he's going to win. I, I, I see the airtime-wise why he would win. But I think they're painting him negatively because he is the antagonist to the two most positively edited people in the game, uh, Otis and Vetus. So I think he's just going to be... I think his large edit is attributed to that being a huge merge storyline of someone needs to take out Otis or Vetus, and I could see him doing that, but I don't see him winning. If he squeaks through to the end, yes, I think Tyson will win, but I don't think it's going to happen unless he gets on an immunity run, because I think it's going to be too obvious... That he's uh, playing so loud, because I think he is playing rather loud right now. He's talking about blindsiding his main alliance before the merge, so...
0: Yeah, well, and it's interesting, because even in the the Secret uh, Scenes Confessionals with Aris, Aris has no idea, really, that Tyson Uh is even considering this, which I think, you know, makes it look not as favorably for Aris winning this game. But... But, uh, it's, it's interesting that they're showing him in such a controlling position, but a merge can completely change everything and your, your plans can, can be destroyed. I guess my, my question is, should they have, should Tyson have told them to throw the challenge so he could get Aris out already? Uh, do you think he, or do you think this was the best move to win and then, and keep him in the game and see what happens?
3: Yeah, I mean, I really think. Tyson is... I think all Tyson's... I think the editors are playing it up a little bit more. I think all Tyson is doing is cementing in people's minds and planting that seed that um, Otis and Venus are a dangerous pair. So at some point, it'll be easy to convince people to do it. But I don't think Tyson had any intentions of doing it now.
0: Yeah, I think his plan all along was win the challenges and then just keep in mind, I I think he may have even had... you know, Aris in the top eight or seven. And he's like, but remember, we're gonna get him out first. Sort of. Mm-hmm. Thing.
3: Okay.
0: Yeah, yeah. It's, it's interesting. I, like you said, there's there's so many things that could happen in this post murder situation. Unfortunately, what I think is going to happen though is, I think we're gonna have a phenomenal episode next week. It's gonna be really crazy and something's gonna happen. But then I think we may have a string of. Pagongi's. whichever side gains control, they're just going to start eliminating the other side.
3: Talk about Pagongies tattoos, I mean, eh.
0: <laughs> well, well, let's move on. What do you think about Jervis?
3: His edit was very strange in the beginning for me. Um, I'm thrilled that he's back just to get to see someone that has that large a gap. I mean, he was on season 1, now he's on season 27. That's pretty awesome. And just for that, I'm glad he's here and I want to see him stick around, just to see how he adjusts to the entirely different game. Um, And I hope him coming back would be worth it if someone writes down his name and says Moo, it will be worth it for me. Um, (laughs) Or call him Cow or something like that. But for Jervis, I think he's playing a decent game. I think his his pre-game alliance with Otis and his connection to Tyson is really beneficial to him. But I feel like his edit per, uh, in the beginning of the season
0: really set him up as someone that gets to the final three and gets zero votes. Hmm, interesting.
1: I feel like he is, was, at least pre-Murder had the thought, he was the, um, he was the GOAT for um,
2: Otis, or he could be the GOAT for Tyson, if that's the way we're going. Yeah. Jeff, what do you think? Um, I don't disagree with anything Clayton said. I think the biggest flaw in Jervis's game at this point is he seems far too unsure about everything. And obviously that's coming from the fact that he played a totally different game, right? He's, he played Survivor before it was Survivor. And so uh, his biggest issue, and I think it could potentially be his downfall, is his lack of uh, just picking something and going for it. And I think that culminated when Tyson asked him, are you willing to get rid of Aris? And Jervis kind of was wishy-washy. He eventually said yes, but I mean, leave it to Tyson. If anyone's going to notice his wishy-washiness, I think it's going to be Tyson. And I could see, uh, I could see him getting cut from an alliance because of his lack of assuredness.
0: Yeah, I think, uh, I think Jervis, in, in some of his confessionals uh, on, online, said that his main strategy is just. Go with the flow, you know, do whatever happens today, happens today sort of thing. So I don't think he's really planning ahead. I don't think he wants to plan ahead or make any commitments like that. So I think it's more of a, sure, I'll go with that for now. Whatever's happening, whatever position I'm in, that's okay. So I don't think he's going to be the one coming up with any of the strategical decisions. I don't think he's going to be, you know... The one who's gonna plan how everything's gonna go out, but he's just sort of there for the ride, and whatever happens, he'll adapt to it, which is is a good strategy, and and that can even get you to win sometimes. But I just think with the people in the season and the the game this season, that is not the winning strategy. Mm-hmm.
3: Well, I, think, I mean, you look at back when he played the game originally, people signed up for the experience, and if he hasn't adjusted his his thought process on why he wants to do the game, he could still be there for the experience and not the game itself, I
0: think. I, I, I think he just has a sort of uh, don't overthink the game sort of mentality, which includes like not really thinking that much at all. Uh, and, and you know, look, Fabio won, and he didn't really <laughs> think that much at all. So, I mean, like I said, it is possible for people to win with that strategy and to go very far. I just don't think with the, the people that he's playing up against this season that is the correct way to go. Well, let's move on to Sierra. Jeff, what are your thoughts on Sierra?
2: Um, I really like Sierra. That being said, um I I see her a bit like Caleb, where she's gotten some screen time, but not enough to warrant her like late in the game. Um or not I'm sorry, not enough to warrant her being a winner of the game. I think that she will probably, any way it shakes out, be there uh, in the final, like, six or seven. But I don't think she'll make it much beyond that. Um, If she does find a way to make it into the final tribal council, um, I don't think she'll get much respect from the jury, just because, perceptually, it seems like she's playing uh, quite a bit like Katie. Mm -hmm.
0: Yeah, I think that uh, Sierra was one who... Just from the first couple episodes, I knew she wasn't going to be an early boot. Like, you could just tell there's something more to her. She has a little bit more of a survival edit and and sort of everything. But she definitely doesn't have a winner's edit. And I could even see her surviving to the final Tribal Council. But I I don't think there's any chance of her to win. She sort of seems like she's one that always escapes the vote. That sort of seems to be her storyline. She always escapes the vote but uh, escaping the vote doesn't mean you win the vote at the end.
3: I love Sierra. Uh, I, I don't know what it is with Sierra. I love Sierra Reed from Token Teams, even though a lot of people hate her. But um, I like Sierra a lot. Uh, I think a lot of what you guys said are really my reasons, too, is uh, she's pretty visible. She's not, in, she's not invisible. I think she's more visible than Caleb has been. And I feel like... Ever, I think a lot of that's attributed to her tribe going to tribal council almost every time. Yeah. But I also feel like she seems to escape every single vote, even though it should be her most of the time. Mm-hmm. At least that's what we're told that it should be her. And which means I think she's relevant to the story of the season. And I, I love her and Laura, uh, more, her mother's relationship, that whole story. I think it's really endearing. We're not really getting that until this episode from Tina and Katie. So that's nice to see, because that's sort of what I want to see from the season, see how those relationships work together. And I think with, if Laura does come back into the game, Laura Morit, I think we could see um, a big episode, whether it's Laura or um, Sierra leaving, where we have each side of the Alliance voting for Sierra or Laura, and they have to take each other out. That's just sort of where I'm seeing her story going. And I'm actually uh, sort of excited for see how she ends up. Uh,
0: let's talk about Hayden. What are your thoughts on Hayden, Clayton?
3: Hayden, um, I hated him on Big Brother, pretty much. Uh, I just oh, on Big Brother, I felt like Lane deserved it over him because he was integral to them succeeding. But on Survivor, I actually like Hayden. Um, I think he's being smart about the way he's doing things. I think he's laying low. Not being allowed like you would expect him to as, uh, you know, other winner. He won the game before, which is actually really interesting. All the winners we have in the game are rather quiet people in general. Otis, Tina, and um, Hayden. So I like him. I'm glad cat has gone because I feel like Cat hurts him. Mm-hmm. But I don't see Hayden winning. I see Hayden making it very far. I could see him being the last member of the Minority Alliance. Whether it's because of immunity wins or any other thing, I think he's going to make it rather deep. I just I don't know why, but I just get the vibe from him. That he's in for the long haul. I think he knows what he's doing.
0: Yeah, I mean, he was my preseason pick. I think Hayden is very, very good at the social game and very good at not standing out. And that's something that's really important. Um and I think if he made it to the final three, he has a very, very good chance of of winning. That being said, I think people are going to see him as a threat eventually, and especially if he's not on the right side of the numbers, uh, he can he can definitely be gone. So I, I'm not I can't say I'm a, as confident as I was preseason, um, but uh, I do I do like him, and he definitely had an interesting. We saw a lot of him this. Miss- this episode with the whole uh think long term (laughs) cat think long term like please don't make me switch with you (laughs) cat
3: i like how he put that in her hand so he didn't look like an asshole for not doing it
0: and he's still dead but (laughs) yeah yeah oh one of the best things one of the best secret scenes i've ever seen is a a confessional with tyson and he was talking about and he's like and and I was pretty happy with it. I mean, Cat goes out. He he was happy with that, and he's like, "And now I don't look like the biggest ass boyfriend on national TV. I'm only the second because Hayden didn't switch with Cat." <laughs> he's talking about how thankfully Hayden made him mm-hmm. look <laughs> he like a bigger jerk than uh, than Tyson was.
3: I, I did love earlier in the season when we got to see that side of Tyson when Rachel left. The emotion that was that was nice to see a softer side of him.
0: Yeah, absolutely.
2: Um, I, I, I like Hayden. I think Hayden's another person who, uh, seems really unsure of what's going on in the game. Like, not unsure of what's going on in the game. Unsure of how he should approach the game. But with him, they're actually showing it more. I think they're making it a little, well, a little bit more obvious. But also, uh, a little bit more endearing to where he's, like, figuring it out. Whereas with Jervis, it seems like more of, a uh, Just, that's Jervis' personality. And I think that we see a lot of, like, internal conflict in Hayden, not only with what happened with Cat, but also just in general in the game, you know, should I switch to vote for Brad, all of that type of stuff. So I think Hayden is another person. They're they're developing his character really well. I don't think he's going to win, but I think, like you guys said, he'll make it pretty far.
0: Well, let's uh, quickly... You skipped Aris. Oh, I did skip Aris. Thank you. Yes, Yes. finally, let's talk about uh, Aris. Jeff, what do you think?
3: I, Aris was
2: close up there for my picks for winner. Um, I still don't think that it's necessarily out of the question that Aris wins. Obviously, with Tyson going against him, it adds another element that it's very possible he'll get voted off soon. But I think that uh, more than anything, I think Tyson's going to realize that Aris is going to be too important to this game and they're not going to cut him. Uh, but I think there's people who would easily beat him in a final three. So I could see him getting there, but I don't see him winning anymore. I, I, could, I mean, I could see a situation in which he wins, but not very likely anymore. I love Otis.
3: Uh, I think he's... Oh, I'm not, I don't want to say he's overrated. I think he's accurately rated in the hardcore fan community. But in general, I think he's very underrated as a winner. I, swear, I call him the diplomat. I think he's proving... He proved this season, I think, already why he won uh, Panama. I think he's very good at leading a team... And I think the only thing that is, like Jeff said, sort of stopping him from actually being the winner is Tyson is targeting him. And I don't think that's showing him in a very positive light because it shows that he's, you know, woefully ignorant to the fact that his two main allies are plotting against him publicly on their tribe.
0: Yeah, and my whole thing is I actually don't think... Since the first couple episodes, Aris has gotten a very good edit. Even when Laura M went home, they made it seem like, oh, well, hopefully the tribe doesn't see me as you know too much of a threat. And they've sort of been, you know, leading us up to this whole thing the whole time. So I, I sort of expect Aris to go early on in, after the merge. I think that that people are going to want to break that couple up, and I can even see, you know certain people on Tina's alliance, you know, maybe getting Aris out, and that way they secure Vetus, who's so trustworthy, now he doesn't have that, and and it can propel Vetus forward. So I think that Aris is a very good player, but, like, they've shown him being oblivious to what's going on around him. They They saw, even when he was in control, people were weary of it, even himself was weary of it. So I think... I think he could could be out sooner rather than later. So now that we have all of the people in the game, let's talk about the people on Redemption Island. Who do you think is coming back? Clayton?
3: Uh, I think it's Laura Moore. And my reason behind that is obviously Laura Bonham's story is really just horrible and I don't want to see it go any longer. It's painful. It's, like, uncomfortable to watch.
0: Oh, I was I, cringing I, I, that whole time she was telling uh, Vetus that he was going home. I was, like, I was hugging a, piddle, uh, hugging a pillow and cradling back and forth. Like, no! Make it stop! Make it
3: stop! And CBS is pushing that it's uncomfortable, and I and I think that is sitting there much more uncomfortable than it actually is. But I don't think she has a chance to come back. I think her story's done. I don't see her winning a challenge. Um, and so that leaves John or Laura, and I really feel like Laura's story is not done because Sierra is there, and I feel like the whole her-Sierra thing has uh, been the biggest, uh, you know, loved one storyline other than Otis and Vetus, uh, maybe Tina and Katie will take over that, that next storyline, but... I think John's story also ended when Cat—not Cat, but uh, Candace was gone. I mean, everything he did revolved around Candace. Even the reason he got voted off was because of Candace. Because Candace um, you know, gave him the clue, and that's the reason he left. And unless they're just painting it as once Candace is gone, he can succeed, I really don't see him. And he's a big dude. I don't know if you saw the challenge preview. I don't think he can hold on to that thing that long. I think historically women or small uh, framed men like Ozzy win that kind of challenge
0: yeah I think um I don't know if his storyline ended with Candace but it definitely at least ended with Brad I mean the two big focal points were you know him and his wife and him getting betrayed by Brad and then Brad got out and they were going head to head but as soon as Brad got eliminated you know what what ties did John have to the game anymore so they they haven't really shown any of that. So I I would sort of lean, uh, with you to the lore M. However, I I sort of rather see it be John because I think John is a total wild card going into the merge, and he could literally line with anyone. And I think that would be very interesting to see. Whereas lore M obviously is going to go with Sierra and wherever they decide you know which side to go with, but. I think John. it would be fascinating to see John, someone who has literally no connections with just about anyone.
3: He is a rather boring Captain America. <laughs> <laughs>
0: Jeff, what are your thoughts? Um, I'm really, I would really, really want to see John come back. I
2: agree with you, Clayton or uh, David. I think that John um, would come in as a wild card. I agree with you, Clayton, that Laura's story is more tied to the people left in the game. But we also have to remember that whilst the storyline is to a degree uh, influenced by the edits, there are certain things, like if there's just not a tie to that person, they can't simply create one. Like if, if those confessionals just don't exist, if, those, if that storyline just doesn't exist, they can't create it. Mm-hmm. And the game of Survivor doesn't live based on what happens in those stories, right? The game of Survivor is separate yeah. from them, and then the story is created around it. And so every once in a while you have to remember that uh, we have to go based not what on the story says, but what on what is actually going to happen. And I think it's, it's more likely that John will come back and that this is one of those instances where Survivor can't fit a story around it. I, I also think it would be really interesting to see John come back because I think he does have a kind of a tie to Katie. And I think he would come back with the Tina-Monica kind of alliance with Katie and uh, could really influence the game in a major way, in a positive way, I think, uh, for the viewers. So I'm, I'm in for John coming back.
0: All right, last question. Who do you think is going to be the first one booted from the merged Tribe? Jeff? I'll
3: throw my hat in for Caleb.
0: Caleb? All right, Clayton?
3: Um, I actually think Caleb, too. I think he'll be the the first of the Minority Alliance to go. Interesting.
0: I'm going to actually say whoever comes back from Redemption Island is going to get Matt Elroded and get right back in.
3: That's not fair. That can be three different people.
0: <laughs> okay, or it could be Andrea Belke, or it could be... I was just... He was the first, so I was just saying stating him. But uh, I, I think... I could see if John comes back or even if Laura comes back, they all decide, well, let's just get them back out. Before we turn on each other, let's all just work and get this person out. So that's I what I'm going to say.
3: I an easy vote. No one has to stress. They
0: all make jury. Yeah. mean it would make for a sort of boring merge episode. But, <laughs> but then I think the next episode would be the big, you know, epic battle. But yeah. I, I could definitely see them saying, hey, let's just make the easy vote here, get this person out, they've already been voted out, and move on from there. Especially if somehow Laura B comes back.
2: <laughs> no, I want, like, if, if you want to say who I want to come back, I'd probably vote for Laura B, just because I love cringe. The like, I, I love watching TV where you just like, or, or especially Survivor, where you
0: just want to go like, oh, it hurts. It hurts to watch. Yeah, I think it would be sort of cool to see her come back and make it to the final three. <laughs>
3: Don't wish that would anyone.
0: <laughs> All right, uh, Clayton, before we let you go, uh, we're going to play a game if you're up for it. Sure,
3: sure.
0: You are going to go head-to-head against Jeff, uh, and one of you will be crowned the champion of this Survivor game. Here's how it works. I
3: won the last game I played with you guys, so. But I think I beat you the time before that. Yeah, so. So,
0: this is the tiebreaker. Alright. I'm going to give you a description of a challenge, and you just have to tell me what season of Survivor it is from.
3: Oh, shoot. Oh, shoot.
0: The first person to buzz in, uh, you will say a sound phrase of your choosing, so just let me know what. Sound you would like? I'm gonna go. Bzzz. Bzz. All right, Jeff.
2: Um, I'm gonna go with. What did Clayton choose? Buzz. I'm gonna go honk.
0: Okay. Honking buzz. All right. I'm gonna start reading the challenge. You can interrupt me at any point if you think you already know it. All right. So don't feel like you have to wait until the end of me reading it. If you buzz and get it wrong, the other person gets a chance to steal. So first one. Each tribe must select one member as their caller. The others will be blindfolded and belted together. Yes, Um, Clayton.
3: Is this uh, Survivor Australia?
0: That is incorrect. Jeff, you get a, a free chance. You want me to read the whole description?
2: I would love for you to read the whole description.
0: All right. Each tribe must select one member as their caller. The others will be blindfolded and belted together in three groups, and the caller must guide them to collect nine color-coded items to be used in assembling an archaeological uh, tent, archaeologist tent. Once all nine have been collected, players can remove their blindfolds and work together to assemble the tent. The first tribe to finish wins bedding, a tarp, a rope, and lantern with fuel.
2: Honk.
0: Yes, Jeff.
2: Uh, That's Survivor Guatemala.
0: That is correct. Guatemala, you get one point, Jeff. Anything can happen, though. All right, moving on. Next one, here we go. Each tribe is given a large, oddly-shaped platform. Tribe members must collect a series of 20 shield-like puzzle pieces from nearby stands and assemble them on the platform to form a mask design. The first tribe to finish wins immunity. Honk. Yes, Jeff.
2: Is it Survivor Panama, Exile Island?
0: That is incorrect.
3: Okay, um, South Pacific.
0: Incorrect. The correct answer is Africa. Africa. Uh, I never got that. All right, moving on. Six members of each tribe will be harnessed together in pairs, and each pair must stand on a small crate, with each player holding on to a tow rope handle with one arm. The tow rope is attached to a hook at the opposite end of a pulley. And every two minutes, the remaining members of the opposing tribe must select a pair and load a five-pound sandbag onto each partner's hook, making it slightly harder to hold on to. When a player drops their rope, both partners are out of the challenge. Yes, Jeff.
2: Survivor Cook Islands.
0: That is correct.
3: Two
0: to nothing. Jeff is taking away with it. All right. Next one. He's having
3: the computer help him. The <laughs> yeah.
0: droid. There you go, the Jeff. Robot. Are you getting the robot to help you cheat?
2: No, no, I'm not. I'm just very popular today.
0: Okay. All right. Next one. In rounds, one tribe member will be seated on a round platform and must remain there while a second tribe member pulls a long rope across a clear a clearing to spin the platform. When the rope runs out, the platform stops spinning and the seated tribe member must move to an adjacent balance beam and cross it without falling while still dizzy. The first player to successfully get across the long beam and over the finish line in each round scores a point for their tribe. The first tribe to score three points wins an afternoon of coffee and pastries at a mock cafe with product place, toilet paper, and surprise letters from home, and the right to exile a member of the losing tribe who in then turn will select a member of the winning tribe to join them until uh, the immunity challenge. Yes, Jeff. Uh,
2: Survivor
0: token That is correct. All right, three to zero, Jeff. Or right, Clayton, we need a comeback. Yeah. Here we go. One player must swim to a buoy, dive down to retrieve a bottle with a treasure map inside, then hand... Honk. I heard the honk first. But
3: that was me. I honked. I honked. Oh, so you I did? Okay, Clayton. Clayton used my buzz. Like, don't all right, <laughs> no, because I'm used to hearing it because you're answering all the darn questions first. What What
0: is your answer, Clayton? Uh,
3: mine is Pearl Islands.
0: That is incorrect. Mother, Jeff, you have a chance to steal. One Can player must swim to a buoy, dive down to retrieve a bottle with a treasure map inside, then hand it to a second tribe member who must cross a floating bridge before paddling back to shore with a third. The bottle will then be opened to reveal the location of two items hidden in the surrounding area, a treasure chest buried somewhere on the beach with two players must must dig for, and a key that will unlock it, which one player must run into the jungle to collect. The first Uh, tribe to unearth and unlock the chest wins immunity.
2: Um, I don't think this is, no, I know this isn't correct, but I'm going to say Survivor Palau.
0: No. Clayton, do you know it now? Um... I'll take that as a no. Vanuatu. It's uh, Borneo, first season. Oh, that's when Jervis ran into the jungle and then just started walking.
3: Oh, see, I was thinking. Okay, that's bad. Okay.
0: All right, next one.
3: Wait, Jeff, did you think Palau because of the like treasure map? I think it was like that's why I said. Uh, that's why I said. Uh, uh... No, the bottles. Okay. There was a challenge where they had to dive
2: down and get bottles, but I knew it wasn't right.
0: All right, next one. Here we go. Five tribe members must sit inside a leaking boat and bail water without buckets. Yes, Clayton.
3: China. Uh,
0: incorrect. They
3: uh, did that in China.
0: I they did. There'll be clues that make it very clear that it wasn't China. Five tribe members must sit inside a leaking boat and bail water out of buckets while the two remaining players must dive down to collect a heavy crate functioning as an as the anchor then transport it to the shore to haul the boat when they reach the shore they must clip the boat to a hitching post and carry the crate and the zombie head up the beach to the finish line the first tried to place their zombie head on the zombie body waiting at the finish line wins immune.
2: oh I remember this challenge I think it was survivor Panama
0: exile that is correct four to zero. Alright, first one to seven wins. Next one, here we go. One tribe member at a time must swim to a buoy and dive down to retrieve a marker. There are thirteen markers and two foot increments from six to thirty feet deep. Yes, Jeff. Survivor of Vanuatu. That is correct. Survivor of oh, Vanuatu. Alright, five or was that is that six? That's five. That's five. Okay. I
3: know how much I'm losing by okay.
0: <laughs> okay. Next one. For the challenge, two players at a time, chosen randomly, must use a pair of stilts to walk around in a marked ring on the ground for as long as possible. The first player... Yes, Jeff.
2: Driver Marquesis.
0: That is correct. I need to
3: start caring about challenges more.
0: All right, one more and you win, Jeff. Clayton, this is it. Don't let it be a, a goose egg. Let's get something here. Taking turns, one player at a time must enter an 8x8 eight eight grid of posts and clip a rope attached to one pole to the adjacent pole. The outer edge of the grid already has its, all of its ropes attached. If a player attaches the final rope and any 2x2 two two section of poles to form a square, they must place... The wing. Yes.
1: Survivor
2: of the Australian Outback?
0: That is correct.
2: Put me on my misery <laughs>
0: Jeff wins the game. Nicely done. Well, uh, Clayton, uh, next time I'll have to to choose a different challenge, and hopefully uh, you can be superior. In it.
3: I'm still convinced he had that robot.
0: <laughs> I think one time instead of instead of droid, I think it, I heard it say Africa. <laughs> yeah, <exactly.
3: laughs>
0: But uh, Clayton, so much for uh, thank you so much for coming on again. Uh, it's always fun to, to have you on the podcast and yeah, to no hear problem. your thoughts and everything. Anything right. you want to plug or promote before we say goodbye?
3: Not that I know of. Oh, I, I will be casting my org within like two days. My next season, so you can find me on Facebook, Clayton Spivey. If you want to play, it'll be my eighth season. So yeah.
0: All right. That's well, fine. thank you very much, Clayton. Okay. Have a great day. See you later. Bye. Bye. Well, there was our talk with Clayton. It's always great to hear from him. Uh, he always has some good insight, I think. Uh, Jeff, I'm sure you feel glad for creaming him that game. You wouldn't even give him yeah, a point. Yeah,
2: that was my, our biggest, uh, my, my biggest win ever.
0: Yeah, you didn't even give him a, ch- a chance. <laughs> he had no chance.
2: I, ha- I did have a moral dilemma with that seventh hog. I was like, should I do it? Or not, but then I just decided to go for it. Because you know what? If you can't compete, then you should just
0: get out of the kitchen. Well, yeah, and some people are visual people, so if they saw, like, a piece of, you know, a picture of the challenge, they're like, oh, yeah, I know what it is right away. But just me describing it, maybe it's a little harder for them.
2: Yeah, yeah, give him an hour.
0: (laughs) Okay. Jeff, you are the champion. Is that better? Yes. Okay. Well, uh, we thank you guys so much for listening. Stay tuned. We should have some more guests coming up next week. We're going to be talking to JML. We always talk to him around the merge every single season. And this season will be no uh, no exception. So we will be talking to him all about the storyline and the edit. Uh, JML is one of the best at dissecting it and looking and seeing how the storyline of the season is playing out. So I, I'm looking forward to that.
2: Yeah, I I enjoy having J.M.L. He's always a good guy to have on the podcast. It really kind of clarifies a lot of the questions that viewers usually have about the season. But it'll be fun to have him on.
0: Absolutely. Uh, Be sure to uh, join in the conversation. We love to hear from you guys. Uh, You can do this on our Facebook page, David and Jeff Survivor Podcast, or on our uh, website, survivorpodcast.blogspot.com.
2: And make sure you download us on iTunes at David and Jeff's Survivor Podcast. Just hit subscribe, and the podcast shows up on your computer every week.
0: And as uh, Jeff pointed out uh, last week, we have our own app (laughs) called iTunes Podcast that you can download on your phone and then search and find us and subscribe that way as well.
2: Made specifically for us. Yes,
0: exactly. (laughs) but
1: uh thank you guys so much for listening and we will see you next time goodbye bye